0: From Yoga and Ayurveda Living, I am Kelly Marie Mills. This is The Dosha Life, a podcast for wellness seekers, curators of happiness, and lovers of healthy living. This podcast is for people interested in tools, remedies, and ancient wisdom coming from Yoga and Ayurveda. Welcome to my happy place. This is series three, yoga is, you are on, yoga, is it for fitness? As a yoga and Ayurveda therapist, I have to say, yes, yoga is for fitness. But semantics counts here. And for my own personal idea of fitness, it means general good health. Yoga is just one small word over 5,000 years old. It is a science. It is a medicine. It is a medicine for life. Live your medicine, change your world. It is filled with the three most promoted things in this modern world to combat, cultivate, and promote mental health and well-being. Yoga is made of breathing, meditation, and physical movement. Yoga and fitness combined are no stranger to problems of the balance between the two. Strictly speaking, from the traditions of yoga, it is not competitive. Otherwise, it would be in the Olympics performing the least competitive downward dog. (laughs) And most of us see regularly the, quote, yoga poses, unquote, on social media. And to me, they are a beautiful blend of gymnastic postures, divine dance images and sequences that are so nice to watch. But it's not always helpful for anyone wondering what is yoga and how could they measure up to that image which they are looking at. But yoga is so much more than that physical body that we see in social media. Fitness with yoga is ideal for everyone. Like lads, really. The muscle-strapping, wonderful Irish rugby team. And I know Johnny Sexton is one. He's not a stranger to yoga. It's a way to sustain strength and develop flexibility in unity flexibility and strength are on the same pole. One cannot work to best benefit for the whole body and your whole being without the other. If so, it becomes like a ticking time bomb where you either get too unhinged from flexibility or too contracted and pop from strength. Yoga and Ayurveda take the middle road of the word fitness, keeping it simple. Our optimal physical health enables us to find ways to sit in stillness for a good while to help our mind work to its best ability. Yoga itself does have some form of measure. It depends on certain traditions how much measure you want. But if you've been listening in series 1 and 2, you will hear that pitta types are the ones most goal-orientated, and it is the kapha types who are best suited to any activity where the word performance is used. Kapha types are the athletes, or rather, kapha types are the athletes that do best. Pitta types, they tend to burn out. It's difficult for them. They are so goal oriented that their whole mind-body self indulges in the overdoing, which actually does their physical being no good. It does their emotional and mental being no good at all. We all have a certain level of fitness, of what our body has the capability for today. And we all have an age where we are more supple and more bendy. Some body types are not bendy. Vata types are not bendy. Kapha types have very open joints, and they have the fluid in the joints. And pitta types often are bendy, although it depends on their level of, quote, fitness, unquote because if they are very muscle-bound and they have not been practicing flexibility, then they need to add that in. Once you're over 50, vata swoops in, dryness appears, and joints get stiff, muscles get bolshy, and ligaments and tendons get twinges, and we, for some of us, begin to feel like the tin man in winter, or tin woman, excuse me. But there are remedies for that too. Hatha yoga is based on the balance between conditions, that of sun and that of moon. And opposites under the right conditions create a synergy that is helpful to everything around them. 5,000 years ago, the rishis, these men of science, studied the skies, studied nature, studied human beings in relationship to all of this and discovered that life works in complement to everything around it, but it takes some amount of cooperation and some amount of compromise, especially for humans. As is the body, so is the mind. As is the mind, so is the emotion. As is emotion, so is the deed. As is the deed, so is the will. As is the will, so is our destiny. So thinking of how fitness and yoga work together is underneath a structure and guideline. Yoga can really help to create balance for those pitta types that find it difficult to let go of a certain framework that they want to become. Yoga actually promotes mental health because in our physical body being able to sit still actually helps the nervous system to unwind from all of the tension. I see fitness as a lot of push and movement, which both create a strong pitta and vata dosha. That means that they are heightened and they come out of balance easier. Yoga in itself actually rebalances all three doshas. And so we can use the breathing practices of yoga we can use the meditation practices of yoga to help to rebalance that push and the strive and desire that are created through a fitness program. I think a lot of fitness programs are enabling people towards this. One of the things slightly different about yoga is that in the long term, yoga is a spiritual practice. That means that It actually is turning our study, our sense of the view of the world is coming from the inner self so that we become authentic in how we live. We are not building a picture of ourselves from something else, some other person's view of what they would like us to be. But we are exploring our fitness in conjunction with yoga to find out who we are. What I like about yoga is that it gives a lot of self-inquiry. Why are we doing this? What is it that we are trying to fit into in that word fitness, fit? What model are you trying to get into? Ask your whole self. Ask the part of you that's really true that arrives through stillness. And we did that practice yesterday in the meditation, the aha. What is it that awakens in you? To move into this fitness program, which, whatever it is you are on, it is not right or wrong. And this is what I really love about yoga. Everyone has their life process, everyone has the doshas that are helping them to move towards something better. That is the ideal that our lives are Yuveda and yoga can move us into something where contentment exists. And whether you like the idea of spirituality or not, most human beings are looking for contentment or happiness. I think most people call it happiness, but I for myself have discovered only in the last few years that happiness is really temporary, which is great because it's like this inner well of joy coming up, which is our innate sense of self but contentment is this softer hum of happiness. That's how I feel it is. But maybe I'm just lucky. I find that if we can really stay with the slower pace of living, we don't need to seek anything spiritual. We don't need to even label it as spiritual. And I think many people live, live spiritual lives, and they wouldn't l- label it as spiritual. But that in our fitness programs, in whatever we're doing for our health and our well-being, which includes perhaps when restrictions are down, we can go into gyms and we can go doing things that are stronger, whatever it is, but it is to remind ourselves, what is it that we are doing? What is the reason? So that it always comes back to exactly, am I fulfilling something that I really enjoy? Or is this out of a sense of, Maybe I need to be more. Maybe I'm not enough this way. And this is the key with yoga, is that there's constant little murmurings of questioning how you are. Because even if your answer to, am I not enough, is, yeah, I don't feel enough, that's actually perfect. That means that that inquiry has opened up something that might have been harboring for a while, or maybe years, or maybe just since yesterday. And the more we recognize these emotions, these residual underlying presence of personality, we actually have a chance to let them liberate, let them go, and enjoy them for the part of us that needed that, needed to have that to learn from it, but also needed to have it to learn to let go of it. But I do know that oftentimes they are just from our teens, our childhood, our young adulthood, and they do last a long time, and they come and go. And I always think it's great to know that the desire that, say, I had, like I was once into some form of fitness... (laughs) although it's nothing like what I see many people doing, but I was into step aerobics. And I loved that sense of being well and being super active, and I did walking as well, and but it kept my mind focused. And then as I got a little bit older, I just needed something softer. So it was in that recognition of loving that warmth and that heat that was arising in my body that I did these step aerobics programs and really super enjoyed them. I also used to do karate. I I love that. But part of the innate thing in me was to find something that I didn't have to compete in because I'm a very non-competitive person. As in, if someone asked me, like in karate, you have to spar. So I didn't want to spar. (laughs) And when I was very young, my parents wanted me to go on the swim team. And after a few weeks of this swim team program, which I'll tell you about some other time, but it was just like I just couldn't do the competition thing. Just didn't see the point, felt that competition was pointless. Although I do and have always loved watching Olympics and watching sport, um, for me it just didn't work. There was an internal call for no, this isn't working. Just another side-along, when I think of my own aversion to competition. Are you Vedically? This could be a few things. And I really am interested in what you think, what you're learning. But for the aversion to competition, I think it could be my kapha dosha showing up quite loudly in my mind, with aversion to seeing competition as unnecessary. I just want everyone to be happy how they are. I don't mind competition. And I like competitive sports to watch. I'm a good audience. But I have no draw to partake in it. And I don't like being sweaty. That's probably why I do yoga. Although I was big into horse riding many years ago. A different life. So with that said, this means it's a very, it, this means it's very much a mind thing. And if you listen to series two on the gunas, the gunas are the qualities or the properties of life. And they're particular for our mind. They're how our mind actually develops. The mind has to do with the subtle doshas, and so with this view, this um, non-competitive strain in me could be considered a sattvic quality coming out, which makes my personality mind feel all sweet and angelic, because who doesn't want to be seen as an angel? (laughs) So um, going back on to subject, coming back to the original, sorry, I think I went really off-topic I believe that we need a good, strong practice of focus, which concentration from yoga and meditation from yoga and breathing from yoga can really help anyone in their fitness program. When you combine that with the softness of self-study, the compassionate practices of yoga, it, all, it will help prevent injury because we are aware of our boundaries much more than being someone that pushes through and goes into deep driving practices that do not have those boundaries available. You can still do deep driving practices, but you're going to have these internal listening skills, which is what yoga can do, is to build and enhance the internal cues so that they are heard faster. So rather than tweaking an old injury and stopping just as you feel the tweak, this connection, you're far more aware of inner boundaries of old wounds, no matter how big or small. The body intelligence helps navigate the movement or whatever is creating imbalance. It could be from the mind. It could be your emotions. It could be body. But the mind has to adhere to these inner cues, and that's the hardest part for most of us. This practice of working with the mind can help those who are in large fitness regimes to connect into the quieter parts of the body, to counterpose, counteract any of this stronger focus on the building qualities of fitness regimes and endurance practices. Because yoga is founded on internal communication based on awareness, listening, and response. You could say it is like a large form of mindfulness Even the autonomic nervous system requires awareness through the senses and that is then translated and we act or react. As we learn to focus more through yoga practices or meditation or mindfulness and there's a plethora of different labels that you can choose from, all the practices lead to the same place, concentration, and eventually into deep internal awareness. But if you practice for a week, 33 days, 42 days, whatever it is, then you might find that something begins to free up, something gets shook up, and you are drawn to these practices or this specific practice. I do think it's really good for people to try one specific practice for a good while before they change to something else. And I am going to talk about meditation in one of the episodes for this series The subject of yoga, is it for fitness, can, I feel like, be poo-pooed by many. And not to be so judgy, I feel that once you give yoga a six-week term of practicing three times a week, it could change your mind. Literally, it could. I have heard in the past that yoga is too slow. It doesn't do anything. I can't do it because it's too difficult. It's just about breathing. And actually, sometimes the people that you least expect to say it's too difficult, Are those that are considered, quote, very fit, unquote. And the reason they find it difficult is because of the stretching, because their muscles are quite contracted, which makes them very strong physically, but also they could be having a weakness in flexibility. And what yoga tries to do is to balance it out. So strength and flexibility become better friends. And these observations or these feelings or sensations or judgments, comments, come from either expectation and desire for a named internal outcome that the person was expecting, or just plain old impatience. All of us have boatloads of both of these, no matter what we're doing. These will be sneaky subject matters of this series, this series on yoga is for or yoga is. The other part of yoga that is not always spoken about, but is actually a huge part of yoga, its basic intention is to bring out innate qualities that we sometimes hide or we don't even recognize. And I consider these our gentle, often quiet pointers to our authentic self. Some call this spirituality and others call it buhaha, but yoga opens doors to quieter spaces if you let it. It's not a requirement, and in fact, it doesn't happen when you seek it. It is the unseeker that finds the jewel in the lotus. I wonder, could we try to come into something new like yoga without any idea that it might make us run smoother, that it might help our breathing, that it could relieve stress, but that it could just make us feel better, Firstly, yoga works with our mind, helping us to balance out the real immediate truth and the power our will can have over our actions. Any practice at all has two effects. One is of benefit and one ends up imbalancing us. But it does become a balancing act if the mind is not clear. Our judgment becomes the last one standing and our body often takes the toll. Many come to yoga for health and fitness. This is the thing. Yoga is under this category of fitness. And I know it's under this label without too much ado, because the practice of yoga asana, or postures, is one way of developing whole wellness for the body, including what so many seek, this dream body that we all would like to have. There is one small thing that can be missing in some yoga practices, and that's really developing some cardio. You can do that, you just have to up your gears a bit in your yoga practice. But without a doubt. Yoga creates good rounded muscle tone and wellness for the whole body. That means your physical body, your mind, your emotions, your internal being, this authentic self can have a chance to open out. I always think that having been raised as a swimmer, I promote swimming as the best form of physical practice, but it is missing the weight bearing that is needed for our bones and joints as we age. Yoga does weight-bearing in a gentle to moderate format, which is necessary to create a better internal communication system. The whole body, the doshas, do best when we have moderate muscle tone. Why am I saying that? Because fitness with Ayurveda translates as first keeping vata balanced. We need the correct synergy of strength and flexibility balanced with this large subject of will and surrender. And so this involves our mind, our desires, and all the stuff of organs, muscles, tendons, ligaments, bones, digestion, the whole shebang working together. Without a doubt, the biggest boon to anyone's fitness, quote unquote. (laughs) Yoga has an inbuilt system of breathing. It's not some newfangled breathing fad. It's so old. And it's been proven in science to create the relaxed response, meaning it wakes up the parasympathetic nervous system. And that means we feel good. And you know, some people like the science stuff, probably more pitta types. Others, well, they they try it and they just know it works. So as I come to a close at last today, to reiterate yoga, is it for fitness? Yes, in every way. Yoga is just one small word over 5,000 years old It is a science, it is a medicine, it is a medicine for life. Live your medicine, change your world. It is filled with the three most promoted things in this modern world to combat, cultivate, and promote mental health and well-being. Yoga is made of breathing, meditation, and physical movement. But there is so much more within it too. And it's not magic, but it could actually be rocket science. It's so amazing. This actually was quite a difficult episode for me to do. So if I jump all over the place, it means I was getting a bit stressed and judgy. The problem is I find when I know that there's going to be something out there and if I say something dumb, it's still out there. (laughs) It's still out there. But you know, back in the day, when I was working in my classes, you'd say something like silly or it might not make sense. And it's like I stack, I would have stacked information as I went, as I taught. You know, because when you're teaching for an hour to an hour and a half or two hours, you're giving a lot of information and it's kind of helping you recycle it to help others. But here in these podcasts, you're kind of like you're trying to give a big swamp of information. You know people are probably walking with your, this information going into their ears immediately. Or, you know, they're like, I listen to podcasts when I'm cooking and sometimes when I'm sit, sitting down at lunch. But since you're still here, I guess you're enjoying some of what I say or you have some interest in yoga and Ayurveda. If you have an iTunes account or you're listening on an Apple device, it would help this podcast go to people interested in alternative health, fitness and wellness if you rated it and even better if you just left a tiny review. But for those that don't and loads of you have already contacted me, downloading and following or subscribing really helped you. Thank you so much for joining me. And I look forward to chatting to you in the next episode.